Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Mary Queen of Scots, directed by Josie Rourke and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. When Mary Stewart returns to her native Scotland to claim her throne, she finds herself surrounded by enemies and a rival to her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I of England. So we're just going to do a quick spoiler-free section to let you guys know whether or not you see the movie, and then we will give you a warning when we start to talk spoilers. Melissa, should people see Mary, Queen of Scots? <sighs> yeah, I just <sighs> – there were some good things about this movie. Saoirse Ronan is a fantastic actress, but I have so many problems with this movie. I can't believe this was directed by a woman. Is It is so misogynistic. Mm. Like, I get that they lived in a misogynistic world, but – this puts a whole heap of misogynistic tropes over the top of the existing story. And I get that Mary Queen of Scots also deserves to have like her side of the story told in a sort of nuanced way. Like she wasn't just a villain and she wasn't just a victim, but they do it at the expense of Elizabeth I by making her just look terrible and they're doing, doing it in really misogynistic ways. And I just, it drove me up the wall. It is a very bizarre combination of a very specific kind of misogyny with a lot of modern sensibilities. Mm. It's a very strange movie, but also not very good. It yeah. just isn't very good. It, it's so unsubtle. And the thing is, it contrasts some really great lines and some really great, some beautiful shots and some interesting performances mm. with a lot of garbage. Yeah, that is just like takes you out of the movie completely, and it's it's a weird combination of things. Um, I found this very odd. Although I didn't get bored, well, I did a bit, <laughs> but not in the way that I thought I would get bored. Um, I, yeah. I thought I would get more bored than I was. Yeah. Still, it wasn't. It, it was. It was. Wasn't very yeah, good. it wasn't very good. I did get a little bit bored, but yeah, that I just the way they treated this was and I'm not even talking about historical inaccuracies like where they take liberties the one that everybody talks about is that Mary and Mary and Elizabeth never met or there's no record of them ever meeting and I have much less of a problem with that than I do with everything else the lack of subtlety in the way this story was told and yeah I, I'm it's a disappointment especially when you get a woman director doing this and also a woman director who's tried to do some more interesting things like actually casting people of multiple races in background roles I was going to talk about that in Mary Poppins as well actually and um, I forgot yeah I, I just this was a big big disappointment they're not all in background. I mean, no, sorry, Adrian Lester has a pretty big role. Gemma Chan has a decent role. Yeah, Gemma Chan appears a lot. Doesn't have a lot of lines, but she does appear a lot. Yeah, but she gets a better role than a lot of the other yeah people yes, do. So. Exactly. So, like, I think in terms of that stuff, it's trying, you know, to do something different. And but at the same time, it, it falls into these really ancient traps about women and, and how to tell women's stories. And I don't think it all the blame lies with Josie Rourke. I noticed at the end that it is written by the showrunner of House of Cards, which has its own, you know, issues on that front. And yeah, I just I have some I just have a lot of big problems with it. So I probably don't recommend that you see this. No, um I wouldn't recommend anybody see it either, but you know, mm. I don't really like period pieces as it is. Um, no. So it was definitely not my favourite. Mm. But I tend to like them more about Scotland than other places. Well, yeah, and then this is, and it is interesting. And then, I mean, there are a lot of aspects to Mary's story that we'll get into probably when we are in spoilers that 
Mary and Elizabeth's stories that are fascinating be- just from the time and the things that they both did. And Scotland as well is so complicated. I still don't fully grasp all of that history that's involved in this story, even though I've read multiple stuff on this. So, yeah, there is that too. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't recommend anyone sees this. Yeah. Should we go into spoilers? I think probably. Um, obviously, if you know the history, some of this won't be spoilery, but if you don't, um, don't want to be spoiled for the movie, Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, turn off the podcast now and come back when you've seen it. <laughs> Yeah, I was just looking through the uh, the reviews on IMDb mm. and it's all talking about uh, how historically incorrect it is, but also conflating that with wokeness. Um, oh, crying out loud. Like, IMDb is, reviews are awful, by the way. But it's, it's an interesting – it is interesting that people will point that out as a problem with the movie when it's not – that isn't the problem with the movie. No. I mean – they do kind of – it's a little on the nose a couple of times, especially in Mary's uh, relationship with her um, courtier guy. Italian that, secretary, Bizio. Yeah. Yeah, that was too much for me a couple of times where I was like, oh, come on, it's not. Mm. But, like, it seems to be historically accurate that he did have a sexual affair with um, with yeah. her husband. So, yes, and, and it's, there's quite a bit of evidence that he was gay and the husband was bisexual. Yes, so, like, the, the thing is, uh, the fact that we're only now, you know, accurately portraying these things as, that were really part of history is telling you something. But also, if you look at this compared to something like, say, The Favourite, mm. which The Favourite is a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's well made. It's well mm. put together. And it also has portrayals of homosexuality and really strong portrayals of women, mm. um, but not in really appalling kind of yeah stupid and so ways we should be a bit clear about the what the sexist tropes are the sexist trope is that because elizabeth never had children by choice she must be sad a sad and unfulfilled barren lady yeah who never fulfills her purpose as a woman and like just layering that on the film that's otherwise quite interesting like the thing is mary mary being a queen of that era recognizes that having children's a strategic issue for them. It's not about like whether or not you're fulfilled as a woman. It's about the succession. It, she, it, she's not like, I, yeah, anyway, the way that they do that stuff is just really unpleasant. There's a lot of times in this movie where what somebody says in one scene is then not what's depicted of them for the rest of the movie. Mm. There's also like, there's a really good scene between Elizabeth and Guy Pearce mm. where um, she talks to him about how, she um, has made herself a man in a figurative sense. Yes. Um, and then the end of the movie, it seems to be more literal, um, which is very frustrating because like in that more figurative sense where she's like, I am choosing to to take on the aspects of what our society considers a man to be mm. in order to be a good ruler Yeah, is really telling about the gender politics of the time in a much, much more nuanced way. Yes. And in a much better way. And it portrays Elizabeth as quite canny and strong. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie kind of ignores that. And you're like, why? Why are you doing this? And it, that happens a few times as well. Yeah. There's some really weird soap opera stuff with Mary and her brother. Um, oh, yeah, the yeah. Prince Earl of Eyeliner Moray. or whatever yes. his name is. That's actually a better name. <laughs> with his, his long, flowing, luscious locks and his eyeliner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he um, – that that stuff was so frustrating for me. Mm. Like it's so soapy and so kind of the, – the political intrigue isn't there. It's, no. it's all 
it, it reduces somebody who was born in the most horrible of circumstances, whose mother was murdered by her father, who still managed to hold on and rule England through 45 years of prosperity and a lot of peace, it completely reduces her legacy to, oh, she couldn't have a baby, so she hated her cousin. It's yes. just like, oh, That's fuck. all true. It wasn't what I was just talking about, but it's yeah. all true. Um, but, but, and when she was much more smart than that, the, there's a whole, like, that that whole sequence of her you know, talking about how she's a prince. She also refers to herself using masculine pronouns quite a bit. Like, mm. we're princes on this island. And historically, she was known to refer to herself as a king. Mm. So, yeah. And, um, sorry, I was forget, forgot what I was going to say about yeah, the then, brother. Was what I was oh, talking about, the, the soapiness yeah. with oh, the... Oh, God, that, yeah. But there's there's quite a few bits that are weirdly soapy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the stuff with the brother. There's some stuff with um, Adrian Lester and one of... Um, one of her one maids. One of her maids. Yep. Where, like... They'll say she'll say one thing in one moment. Like I feel like Mary just said, "Don't forget about your wife," so that we know he has a wife. Yeah, because then she's like, "Go and flirt with this girl for me," and you're like, "What?" I know. What? Like, why is she? Con- everybody is constantly contradicting themselves in order to make the movie work, which yeah. is so frustrating. Um, Adrian Lester, by the way, looked amazing in this movie. He did. I loved the stylization of him in this movie. Every time he was on screen, I just sort of was watching him because he just looked really good. Yeah, I really liked um like the poor man. He must be riding his horse up and back between Scotland and the UK constantly. But yeah, like he, he um his suits were all really sharp and he had that cool sparkly person necklace that he had hanging from yeah, his Yeah, yeah, that thing was awesome yeah. and his hair looked great. I just loved he mm. looked great. Um and he was a good kind of it was good to have him in both places mm. as somebody really easily recognizable instantly mm. recognizable as the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz a lot of these you well, know you, guys if, with the white beards, men you just like there was like eyeliner and then David Tennant and then like oh yeah a bunch of others. And then the two well, okay. So I do want to talk a little bit about the two white blonde well, he's not really blonde, Joe, or one is he? No, but the sort of. white young love interests. The white young love interests in this, especially in relation to the favorite. Mm. We walked out of the favorite and you were talking about the husband. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Because I was only thinking of um, Rachel Weisz's husband. Yeah. Having completely forgotten that Joe Alwyn was in that movie. Like, just genuinely didn't remember that storyline for a hot minute there after watching the movie. Yeah. Um, And in this movie, he plays Elizabeth's dude. Yeah. Who I knew about from another movie. Robert Dudley, yeah. He kind of shows up a lot. Yep. Right. So, and then then Mary's dude is a blonder guy who kind of reminds me of a younger, prettier Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah. He's played by Jack Loudon. Jack Loudon. We've seen in a couple of other things. And the level of acting ability and charisma and just watchability between mm. those two is so obvious. Yeah. Like the, the difference is I, so obvious. I've never obvious. seen an Elizabeth movie where Robert Dudley is so uninteresting and uncharismatic. Yeah. Like there is also, you know, as always in this story, an aspect of why the f*** Mary wants to get with this guy, but also he has a lot of energy. He brings a lot of energy and charisma. Yeah, you. We know he's terrible, mm. but he can definitely turn on the charm, and you know he eats her out. And yeah. as we have I was, learned, I know I was like, "What does she see in him?" Oh, he eats. 
yeah one um, time um i'm just this and the favorite it's like oh if you want to win the affections of a queen go down on her and you got it i mean it's not if you were, <laughs> that's not wrong i know it's just funny um the, the parallels between yeah i said the queen the favorite is what i meant but the between favorite the favorite and mary queen of scots are interesting mm. but yeah and then joe alwyn in in the favorite is playing a role much more similar to Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah. Jack, Joe, Loudon. Jack Loudon. In this one. Mm. I went Joe again. Yeah, because Joe and Jack. But, yeah. um, like, that's the role that, you know, that he, they were going for something more like what Jack Loudon mm. was doing in mm. this movie and really failing. Yes. In The Favourite. It's one of the worst. He's one of the worst performances in mm. that. And probably one of the worst in this as well. But, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and just watching and comparing those two performances is really interesting to me. I also feel like Jack Loudon's getting much more into the kind of swaggery big portrayal of a character that mm. makes him more in, more memorable yeah yeah um in this in mary queen of scots so i didn't mind him like i i didn't like the character obviously yeah but he does a lot of stuff with it i was also thinking of outlaw king and the wet boring guy in that mm. and i feel like jack loudon out of the three does the best version of that guy yeah um he just is slightly cartoonish yeah but in a way that makes him memorable and and doing a good job with a character that is quite hard to play i think it's a it is a hard character because he was unliked and he was a hustler like yeah. it, it's tough but he he does a good job he has a way of like, sitting on a horse yeah like i hate him every time he came on the screen i was like oh god i hate darnley but also like i was glad he was there because he's on screen so something interesting is going to happen yeah I definitely had that. It was the same thing with, I mean, David Tennant is just having so much fun in this movie yeah. with his giant beard. Oh, God. He's, in, he, he's just wonderful. Like, I was so excited when he appeared. And playing an awful, awful person. Yeah. But, like, he's just, and, and doing it from behind all of that, all of all that beard costume and, the, yeah. and beard and hair. And yet, you there's so much intensity. Mm-hmm. So, he was, to me, the best him and Saoirse Ronan, but Saoirse Ronan had a lot of garbage to work with. Yes. Um, whereas every time he shows up, he just makes great speeches. <laughs> and some of the writing for the lines are it's actually really good. Mm. It's very sharp. Yeah. Um, which is then, contra- as I said, contradicted by soapy garbage, you know, yeah. other stuff. Yeah. And you talk about um, Saoirse Ronan. Like she does these wonderful little subtle things in her performance mm. that are just all so much better than this movie. Like there's a bit where she steals herself to go into uh, the room full of the, all the clergy, including at that point David Tennant's character. Mm. And she, you, it's a bit like um, Queen Anne, I think, has a similar scene where she, she puts her shoulders back mm. and like straightens, you know, stiffens her spine and, and walks in. And then when he is yelling at her about how women aren't made to rule and she's a Catholic to boot. You can see her face going red. Um, Sasha Ronan has the most amazing ability to make herself blush. And she was, you see her face kind of going a bit red and like her, the fight to keep control, but also to assert her authority. She's, uh, she's so good. Yeah. The thing is, even in this movie where Mary is portrayed as the protagonist and Elizabeth as the antagonist, she just comes across as not bright enough. Yeah. This has always been my problem with Mary Queen of Scots. She just makes such dumb decisions. Yeah. Like constantly like I it's it's really hard and it's there's very few ways for her to win at this game, but she does some really stupid things. And marrying Darnley is probably the biggest one. But it is she but every of- time she's faced with a Every time that somebody challenges her, she gets all shirty with them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how did you become a 
rule like how did you keep any power as a ruler then if exactly. every time you you can't expect to keep power as a ruler if you're not going to do any politics to play the politics exactly and unless that, you're donald trump and that's what brings her undone in the end as well is that she cannot freaking resist getting involved in a plot to throw, overthrow elizabeth and elizabeth's got no choice but to execute her at that point yeah she can't freaking help herself she can't stop fighting she doesn't she has no sense of like when to take a more strategic approach yeah which could be a great trait in somebody but she it's makes, not a great trait in a ruler. no and she makes an enemy of john knox who by the end of the film there's a has his whole congregation shouting death to the her yeah like which is was great but also and there was also like you know lock her up parallels there yeah like he he really whips up um, the people, the propaganda war. He, she does make an enemy. I mean, he makes an enemy of her. By oh yeah, being like a he's shit. a total head, right? But that is a problem for but her. But she um, also like it's hard, and she was nineteen or whatever, and she'd been. But and she wants to set the tone that she's the boss, but also she's walking into this place where she hasn't lived since she was a small child, and doesn't know all the politics of it. Right, and she does this amazing. Uh, Saoirse Ronan does this amazing Scottish accent for the whole film that she has no reason to have. Well, unless she was raised by Scottish people in France. No, she wasn't. And one of the things that I believe when she went back, she couldn't speak Scots, but she learned it very quickly. Okay. So yeah, they kind of for ease of everything, they make her sound Scottish. She she did live there till she was five, so she did had learned scots like it was her mother tongue mm. although her mother was french but she and her father died and she's very young but she kind of like makes an effort when she knows she's got to go back to get the throne like mm. her mother her see this movie another thing about this movie that's just horribly misogynistic there's a whole heap of powerful women in this story who's who are just cut out mm. and her mother mary of guise looked after scotland while she was in france so mary of guise who was a french woman who'd married the king of scotland stayed there, sent her daughter off to France to marry another king and ruled in her stead. And she was pretty smart about preparing her daughter to come back and take the throne of Scotland. And so mm. there was, I think, some of that, like she had learned, Yeah, her education was pretty good before she got there. But yeah. I don't know. It seemed, it was one of just a lot of silly things. I mean, Saoirse mm. Ronan did such a good job. Yeah. But yeah, the, I can't remember some of the other stuff I really wanted to say about it overall. But there, I just found it very frustrating. And there were so many times that we, I just snort laughed at things <laughs> that were happening. The biggest one was when freaking Mary gives birth and then you cut to a shot of Elizabeth with her legs spread with all of this, like, red paper craft. Oh, my God. All the way out between her legs. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Also, before Darnley dies. Darnley? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're called Darnley and Dudley – Freaking hell. I know. Um, so before he dies, he drops, uh, spills a glass of red wine. I know. And the and the red wine spills all over the floor. And then he freaking cuts himself on the glass, broken glass. Of, yep. I was like, we got the symbolism the first time. Yeah, and the, well, the same, it's the same when she gives birth. She gives birth. We cut to Elizabeth with the red flowers between her legs. And then we cut back to Mary on the bed with the, the blood left from giving birth. Yeah. Now I think Josie Rourke wanted to particularly show the blood of giving birth, but do that first. Like you, it was just like this. Too was too much. It was always too much. And there's a lot of effort to try and keep Elizabeth in the mix mm. when there's no real reason to be cutting back to her and she's not doing anything that no. has anything to do with the movie. So give her something to do then. Don't just mm. have her sitting around doing nothing and not talking about. 
what's going on in Scotland. Yeah. Like, don't just give her stuff to do where she sticks a freaking that, that, that was the other worst part was when Mary got pregnant, mm. they cut to um, Elizabeth with a newborn foal and oh. they're like, he'll be a strong stallion. And then, um, and then she puts the bundles up this cloth to make herself look pregnant. Oh my and you're like, God. Yeah. It's horrible, like misogynistic tropes. But it, it's not just horrible misogynistic tropes. It's awful storytelling. Yeah. Like it's so on the nose, uh. such very, very blatant, obvious symbolism yeah. between two things that are going on at the same time that it's just silly. Yeah. It's just silly and weird. Yeah. So all of that, there was there's at least one more that didn't actually involve Mary and Elizabeth mm. that has real obvious symbolism, you know? But I just, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. It's a very annoying movie. With a lot of annoying decisions and characters. And I things. know. It just, ah. But yes, the decision in a movie where they're trying to portray Mary as more, um, having more agency and smarter and being nicer to her, this is just decision to then tear down Elizabeth and yeah. put all of the negative stuff on her is a strange and awful one. Yeah, when it's not Elizabeth. Like, there's a point at which Elizabeth. Uh, sister Guy Pierce, oh, we're going to have to create a civil war in Scotland. Or he says to her, says and to I thought you said Sister Guy Pierce says to Guy, no, Guy Pierce says to her, oh, we're going to have to create civil war in Scotland. And she's like, yeah, whatever, I don't want to know anything about it. But Scotland does need needs no help in creating civil war because you've already got like her weird half brother and bloody David Tennant and all these other people already fighting her. She's surrounded by enemies. There are so many bad guys in this film bad guys specifically and then elizabeth kind of just makes good strategic decisions yeah you know and all the the best strategic decisions she can with the information she has and mary like kind of does her best with what she knows given the limitations of her personality and the fact that she's 19 and some of her decisions don't go very well men are so cruel as elizabeth says at one point in the movie um, oh, I know, and the, the the whole bloody, even the the little foal. I'm like, if you if you want to have a, if you want a man you can trust in England, you need to get yourself a stallion, a literal stallion. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You can only trust your horses. None of the men. And the the Mary trusting people thing as well. Like all of the men in her life end up betraying her. Mm. All of them, which was very frustrating and silly to watch. And it's it's such a waste of two really good actresses too. Mm. Like I feel like all of the marketing and posters and stuff is really misleading in the role that Margot Robbie plays. Mm. Basically she's only in the movie to tear her down whenever she's around. Like, Oh look, she's ugly now. Yeah. She has to wear a lot of white makeup to cover up how ugly she is. Yeah. She, as if it's not just the fashion of the time yeah. that was causing her It's like to you can't that. have two, two women in similar positions of power without one being the bad guy. Yeah, and I mean they do that with men as well through history and trying to make. You but know, with women, but, it's a real thing that re yes. that happens to this day. Um, but I just was like, well, why can't we? I just want to watch a movie that's about like them as politicians mm. instead of one being good and one being bad, like just them as characters, yeah. as people, not as a goodie and a baddie. Yeah, you know, like just look at the things they did right, the things they did wrong, mm. rather than focusing on – and, like, they by in trying to humanize Elizabeth's decisions, they make the worst possible assumption about why she did it, a, mm. a lot of it, which is, oh, she desperately wanted a baby. Like, you're not really a woman until you have a baby. Oh, my God. And, and like, it was quite a deliberate choice 
because she lived in a time where literally her, she had to her husband was considered her ruler. Like that's half the problem. Like, the, the movie doesn't even really go into it, but Darnley was a real prick about being named king and like that she she must obey him because he's her husband. And that Elizabeth didn't marry because she wanted no one to be her ruler. But also the decision to not have children in that era is very different to like they're not making it in a vacuum. They're making it in an era where something like one in 16 women died in childbirth. Mm. Having children is actively dangerous and harmful to women's health. So it's not like, oh, poor barren woman who is very sad because she's never reproduced. Like, and it's she never, just, it's not just never reproduced, never had a husband, never, mm, you know, had love and all that. Wasn't able to stuff. marry her lover. When look at the terrible things that happened to Mary when she did do that. Exactly. And like, Mary, um, by marrying, she gave up a whole heap of power. And by having a child, she then gave, especially a male child, she gave up a whole heap of power as well. Yeah. And she was doing, quote, unquote, the right thing. Yeah, it's just – it's so gross. It's so yeah. and, gross and I mean, when you break yeah. down what they did to Elizabeth in this movie. And mm. and she's so, like – I mean, talk about wasting a good actress, the stuff they gave Margot Robbie to do in this. And that's why those little sparks, like that one scene with Guy Pierce on the roof, or mm. when she's talking to her counsel yeah. and smacking down Adrian Lester and everything and walking yeah. around with her hands on her hips and being great, and you're like – this is what she can do. Why are you giving her all this melancholic garbage? This know, is the woman who led, led the English forces against the Spanish Armada. This is not some f***ing wallflower who's ruled by her hormones. Oh, yeah. I, I kept th- keep thinking this. I'm going to say it this time. There's a moment when Adrian Lester and Ian Hart are talking to each other and they talk about how, oh, how did it come to this that we have to, I wrote it down. That we're yeah, the, the whims, whims of, of women. women, but there's it. I wrote, I think I wrote the whole line. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I just wrote, used to service the whims of men. So, servicing the whims of women is mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah. Um, and I'm, but the movie itself seems to kind of suggest, suggest, well, yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. is what they're doing. They're just servicing the whims of will, yeah, of weak willed women. These women, uh, yeah, it's, it's reduced to whims at like bitches be crazy. Because they're all driven by their hormones and their need to reproduce and their carnality. It's a very old trope, actually, of, of that um, Dave Tennant's character gets right into about women being the more earthbound and carnal of the sexes. But, like, I mean, in, in reality, these uh, people in a very difficult position where very few women have been in the position and they're trying to do the best that they can in, like, really difficult circumstances where nobody who works for them wants them to succeed. Yes, the problem, one of the fundamental problems with this movie is that they're trying to both tear that myth down while completely supporting it. Yeah. Like he goes on about how she's a, a whore because she's married three different people, but mm. like it shows her being completely forced into the third marriage. Mm. The, the number of times in this movie that something happens to or around Mary without her getting to have any say in it or having any knowledge of it or whatever oh, God, is yeah. so frustrating because it's like you're trying to present mary as somebody who did have a say in things and yet whenever it's something bad whenever you might have some you know slight stain on her character you take all of that away from her and give it all to the men yeah and the thing is like this stuff is pretty well documented it's known that she was very upset about rizzio's death but not about Darnley's. It was very much in her interest for her husband to die at that point and it was an organized death they blew up a house and then someone killed him out in the when he tried to escape. Like that was organized and 
the movie makes out as though she wasn't involved even in the slightest. And clearly, like, well, I don't know, clearly, but I think it's fairly well established among historians that even if she wasn't directly involved, she knew about it and just condoned re- it. You just reminded me of I, Tonya, actually. <laughs> Remember in yes! I, Tonya, where it just makes out that she had no She's idea? She's so innocent, never had – Nancy who? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that that actually reminded me of that. Um, but – yeah. You know, this and movie she, and, isn't as good in all the other elements. And at the end, they, do, they talk about how, oh, she was um, she was executed for her alleged or uh, oh yeah involvement in a plot to bring down Elizabeth. It wasn't alleged. There was evidence. Elizabeth didn't want to kill her. Like, she, she kept her in fairly, like, good circumstances for, like, 20 years as a guest in her country, treated like a queen. That this is I read this book once, so just slightly off topic, that was – uh, written in the perspective, I think this must be by Philippa Gregory, written in the perspective of Mary, Queen of Scots, and uh, Bess of Hardwick, Gemma Chan's mm. character, who was her jailer um, towards the end. And like ha- most of the story is like Bess of Hardwick complaining about how much it costs to keep Mary because she's got to be kept like a queen and, and because Elizabeth insists that she be kept like a queen. But yeah, like Elizabeth didn't want to kill her, but Mary, pig Mary, couldn't freaking resist the Catholic plot to overthrow the queen. So of course she was involved. Like that one's not even... There's no alleged or like, um, it's not not disputed. Yeah, the, the that she was involved. Text says it was disputed. disputed. It she, wasn't. Well, I mean, somebody will always dispute things, but mm. the, the movie really well, that's does. True. And one of the things, like that whole, like the two of them meeting, which is there's no historical record of, but the movie kind of makes it out as though maybe it happened and was just kept secret. Like yeah. Anyway, the fact the location they chose for that and the way that oh, that God. she did all the sheets in between them and stuff was so campy yeah like i can see what she was trying to do but it i just didn't think it worked no and they drag it out for such a long time and in, the, in that elizabeth has the wig on so she looks like pennywise <laughs> like the, i quite like the outfit in that it was good it was like scene. a russet color because there's so little color because they make they dress mary in blue constantly so that the red dress that she wears when she is executed makes an impact but it's so boring and then you're like oh yay somebody wearing some color yeah there's a lot there's just so much going on. But um but yeah, when that, that meeting between Elizabeth and Mary does not have the impact it should. No. And like again, it's this weird thing where Mary will say one thing one minute and then Elizabeth says something that's like only slight it's not really insulting. Yeah. And then so Mary goes, Well, I'm gonna insult you back and you're like, Why? I know. Why? And it's supposed to be the climax of the film as well. Yeah, and exactly. it's so anticlimactic. It's so anticlimactic. Yeah, it just doesn't – I mean, when these two actresses meet, it should be fireworks, you know? Yeah. Um, and yet they just seem to be at cross-purposes and not seem yeah. to manage like, to – don't invent that historical meeting unless you're – you don't come to play. Yeah. Like half of the intrigue around this story is that they – they lived really close. They were very closely related and they never met one another and one of them's son succeeded the other. Like all those fireworks has given people fuel for years and years and years about these people and you've got to make that meeting. That's got to be fireworks. Yeah. And it, I think it's all just because the movie tries so hard to make Mary the good guy mm. when really in that scene Elizabeth is coming. I mean she's saying she can't support her, which is politically the right thing mm. to do anyway. It's the stupid move to – but um, she's like, oh, I'm a sovereign country, but I want you to help me whenever I need it. And stuff like yeah. that is just so frustrating. But then also, like, it is that kind of Elizabeth was – this Elizabeth is, like, ashamed of her appearance and, you know, is scared to meet her because she's so much younger and prettier and all that stuff. Mm. 
and then they try to give her this moment of triumph but really undermine it mm. because she won't support her sister. Um, yeah. That stuff really annoyed me too, which the – it's so muddled. It's so muddled in its messages mm. and its its kind of aspirations and things. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go through my notes and see. I, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that I'm just not remembering properly because it just frustrated me so much. I did make a note. Got a love in England ruled by Aussies and a Scotland ruled by the Irish. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people in this movie were actually from the countries that they're portraying people they're portraying it from. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I did notice Jack that Jack Scottish. Of course he is. Oh, he is. I mean, technically, I suppose he's Scottish. Is he? He's an English citizen, right? In the movie. Oh, sorry. No, I mean the actor grew yes. up in Scotland. I know. I'm sorry, trying who to figure is the out- other Irish person <laughs> other than than Saoirse Ronan. I thought there was somebody else in her council that was Irish. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm not sure. But um, it's early in the movie, so one of the dudes maybe. Okay. But yeah, the I was just trying to work out with Jack Loudon, the character in the movie grew up in England and was born in England, right? Oh. Um, so he's playing English? So, uh, so he Or is... grew up in France? <clears throat> no. So he grew up in Scotland because he is Mary's first cousin. So they have the same grandmother and their grandmother was Margaret Tudor, Henry VIII's sister. So he's from like a younger second marriage child of Mary Tudor's, whereas uh, Mary Stuart comes from the main line of kings and stuff. Yeah, but the what I was saying was in the movie he's it says he they were exiled. Yeah, yeah. So, but they yeah they well they were exiled because his mother Margaret Douglas uh, was again another woman who's been left out of this story who is very powerful and manipulative. And was the main reason those two ended up getting got thrown together. She was another enemy of Elizabeth, and because she had, uh, she was also you know the mother of heirs to the throne. Threats to the, she was a, a threat to Elizabeth's throne as well as as well as being a threat to the throne of Scotland. So yeah, she they were like exiled between England and Scotland, and they lived up on the borders. Okay, and they weren't like yeah. I don't again. This history of this is so confusing, but I'm pretty sure that's the okay, story. And she it, was married to the Earl of Lennox, who was a Scottish earl, but for whatever reason, out of favour with the current regime. Because the way it was presented in the movie, with the dad having the Scottish accent and the son having the English, seemed like he was raised. Yeah, in England. He, I, pro- I mean, he probably was had more time in England um, because he's only young. He's, he's supposed to be young as well. Like he and Saoirse Ronan was playing like 19 year olds when they get married. Yeah. I, I really want to read some articles on the presentation of um, the loot player guy. Yeah, yeah. Like the very feminization kind of stuff going on with his character and things like that. Like, I yeah. mean, there's some weird stuff the movie is saying with that uh, Also, stuff. and he is one of the men of color in the cast as well. And the I'm sure there's an intersection between the way – him being like so, the way he's portrayed as gay, and the way, and him being like they they did like racially diverse casting, but still a lot of the main roles are white guys, and he yeah, is othering the other. Yeah, he's one of the few non-white guys who's got a major part mm. in the Scottish court. So, yeah, the, I think that I would actually be interested in um, reading some like LGBT takes on that part and the way that's portrayed. Yeah. I did write a note that says Mary's white guy has 2.5 times the charisma of Captain McBlandface. <laughs> so apparently that's the exact number that I thought. Captain McBlandface, that's his name from now on. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he, he's just terrible. I, I also wrote a note that says, okay, Merida. 
<laughs> when she's riding ahead of him up through the um up through the hills. Those shots were gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. Um her out in the in the nature, you were like, Oh, I can totally buy her as this Scottish queen who like mm. cares about her country. And then, you know, I don't know. And when she was leading the army and stuff as well was really good. Oh yeah. When um like and, and the fact that she does rely on the guy who later forces her to marry him, like that was that was interesting. And and she she's quite strategic. She literally has the higher ground. Yeah, exactly. She lit- but not in a way that is too like that's one of the few symbolism bits that mm-hmm. aren't too on the nose. No, no. But um she does have the higher ground and she uses it to her advantage and wears mm-hmm. good armor and is generally cool. But the end of that scene, I wrote dramatic close-ups because it goes from like just to uh, like a two shot of them from sort of middle distance of her and the brother from middle distance mm. and then zooms in on his face and then really goes in on her face. I and know. you're like, what? Yeah. What is, what are you doing? It was crazy. Yes. Very, some very bad filmmaking in this movie and some that's really gorgeous. I yeah. don't understand. There is a, there's a scene where they're in, on the horses riding through a, um, through like a river or something and the camera suddenly shifts to like, it looks like a freaking iPhone or a GoPro was used and maybe it was, but the shift in like quality of film is, yeah. is really jarring. There's some bits in the castle as well where they, they're trying to use a bit of handheld, but it just looks kind of, amateurish not yeah. well done yeah um there's also some weird stuff you know when there's all those people that are pr- dressed up and pretending to be dogs oh yeah and, yeah and i was like what are they trying to do with this i mean it's all presented as like fun and games with mary mm. and she's presented as so likable and so human and she does these fun things while elizabeth just sits in her room all the time doing nothing oh. i don't know i don't know what they were trying but i was like this just looks like the really stupid rich people things that happen yeah in the yeah favorite, it's all like know? sort of Midsummer Night's Dream level crazy. Yeah. And then the note, because all women want to be pregnant, FFS. <laughs> I know. And extremely subtle symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think I've pretty much. Oh, yeah. There's also this weird thing at the end where um, in that, that confrontation scene where Saoirse Ronan goes, oh, I have no faith with my brother. I only have faith with you. And you're like, based on what? Why? Yeah. Like, the, it seems to be trying to get at this whole, I mean, I like, understand why she doesn't female... have any faith in her brother. But no, yeah. yeah. But but she doesn't trust anybody. No. And yet she trusts Elizabeth because she's a woman. Yeah, she's like, like oh, help me. I'm your cousin. I'm um, a lady too. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so she's a queen. She's got to do, like, her. She's got her own country to rule. And your country has spent, uh, like, you, your country and her country, us fierce rivals have spent many thousands of years at war like she's got to do her job she's not just gonna like respond to you throwing yourself at her feet yeah we don't have to you know stop ditching the politics for a stupid message of yeah drummed up sisterhood that didn't exist yeah the less interesting stuff the politics Um, are interesting enough on their own without having to around with these stupid sexist tropes and then the most bizarre thing of all the most bizarre thing of all at the ending where elizabeth has this monologue in her head that's not based on anything where she's like oh i will always think of you as this young person and so they just shoot young sir sharon and going yeah. off to die 25 years later 25 years and, later and she goes oh if you saw me now you wouldn't recognize me and i'm like you look exactly the same as in the last like as elizabeth. when she met you and like yeah yeah but it's like oh no sir sharon who's been in prison for 25 years looks no different but but elizabeth looks 
looks exactly the same too. And then says she's in got her, slightly more white makeup on. And, yes, yeah, and says in her inner brain monologue, "Oh, you wouldn't recognize me as the woman that you met." I think I'm like, they, you look the same. Yeah, I think they might have padded out her outfit a bit to make it look like she put on a bit of weight, but they did. She looked the same. She looks very similar. <laughs> like yeah. I was like. What are you talking about? Why? And also, like, the decision to make her, like, blemished by the pox mm. thing, which didn't apparently really happen, is so odd. It's mm. like, oh, we can't like a woman who's ugly and barren. It's so yeah, icky. And, and, and they also, they let Mary have that moment of martyrdom at the end by making her so young and thin and stuff. Oh, she's just pure and innocent. She really is a martyr. Yeah. And they, by not aging her up. They make it more like that because she is so young. I mean, did they just not want to pay for old age makeup? They gave Guy mm. Pierce gray hair for that bit. Like, I, I, I think he probably has gray hair. No, but if you look at him in the rest of the movie, he like he's less gray. Then, I mean, yeah. Ian Hart also has does not have gray hair in that movie, which is weird because I think he does. Yeah, but also in my head, he's older than he is. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, like that too. When every time I saw him, I was like, I thought I think that's Ian Hart, but I thought he was older than that. Yeah. But yeah, they give Guy, Guy Pierce gray hair at the end, mm. like as the only sign that time has marched forward in twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, it's like what is this ending? Mm. It just was so appalling. Yes, did they not have somebody who could do good old age makeup? Like, and then yeah, they're they're two letters to each other inside their head that they never <sighs> send. it was so dumb and it's so forced it's so forced the connections between them and the symbolism between them it's so fake like Mm. it's just i mean i know that lots of movies take liberties with history and stuff but this movie feels so fake yeah it just doesn't feel like a good tribute to anything Mm. um and it feels very it's just much more interesting to look at the politics and the real problems that yeah you know there's enough in the story without mucking around with that stuff yeah Anyway, so should we rate this movie? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm um I'm struggling here between one and a half and two. I was gonna go with two. Yeah, I um, might go with two. That's slightly more generous, but it's too it's too it's too pretty, mm. and it has too good of a a couple of performances to really rate it badly. And some of the yeah. lines really are crackling good. Well, yeah, there's one you know? I I wrote down where um. Where Darnley says to Mary, "You will afford me the stat- uh, You will afford me the respect of a wife," and he means that by meaning, "I'm your husband, and therefore your lord, and you should show me respect." Yeah. But she, I, I heard it, and I suspect she did, as you should treat me like the wife of a king. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a really good like double meaning sort of a line. Yeah, and there's a few, but there's also just a few like political lines and things like that that are really good. Mm. John Knox's stuff is great. Mm. So like, why is the rest of the movie so well, terrible? Would, John Knox wrote a lot, so he they probably took it from a lot of the history that's known about this. By the way, comes from John Knox's writings. Ah. so he wrote a lot, so he probably they probably took. He's, he published Maybe. his sermons and stuff. Like, he was a propaganda master. But there's other stuff. Like, there's just lines between people that are, are genuinely yeah, yeah. good. Like, that, that rooftop scene with – Yeah. And that's such a pretty a well-shot one as well. And when mm. they she pans out to look, look at the castle, like, I don't understand. I don't know. And it's like they couldn't resist all the soap opera garbage. Mm. Ugh. Anyway. I'm saying two, but it wasn't good. No, I was, I'm also saying two, but don't recommend. All right. 
Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.